Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm down on my knees in the dust. I scream from the top of my lungs. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Welcome to Higher Ground, your late-night sports bar, open till 11 on Thursday, the 7th of October. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. Yes, well, with the NRL season over, we will now spread our wings a bit up here on higher ground. If it is sport, it is on the menu. And yes, uh, while this show has got my name on it, it can have your name on it as well. Here's an open invitation to you to get involved either on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or via text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Keep those texts rolling through, and uh, we'll pick and choose and and try and read as many as we can. Well, we've said this for a while now, but it is just about a reality. We believe a seventeenth team will be entering the NRL in twenty twenty three. The decision to introduce a seventeenth uh, team has reportedly been rubber stamped by the Australian Rugby League Commission following a meeting today with the sixteen existing clubs. ARLC Chair Peter Volandis has reportedly informed clubs of the decision following the announcement of a 50 million surplus uh, for the NRL. Now it wasn't all smooth sailing at today's meeting I understand. Apparently um, a couple of club bosses got a, a little heated under the collar when told there will be no additional funding for clubs. All 16 clubs currently receive annual grants of $13 million uh, but they were hoping for an additional $1 million each, I believe. Um, as I understand it, look, the funding model for the additional club, it goes something like this. Now, existing clubs, they want to be sure that the new club would not diminish their own, I guess, slice of the pie, the revenue pie. They wanted to be assured that the 17th club would be funded out of new revenue or an additional revenue stream. So the ARLC have gone off and like, struck a revised broadcaster's deal with uh, News Limited. So over five years, or the length of the, the next broadcast uh, agreement, the deal being worth $75 million, or, or $15 million per season. So that gives the new club its $13 million per season annual grant, and then there's a couple of million um, per year left over, over the five years, uh, with an additional revenue for the game. I think the existing clubs were hoping for a slice of that additional revenue. Um, maybe they're getting a little greedy, don't you think? 
Anyway, the 17th team will join the competition in 2023 with the Brisbane Firehawks, Redcliffe Dolphins and Brisbane Jets still in the race. The Expansion Assessment Committee. Yes, we've got another committee. The Expansion Assessment Committee, or the EAC, is set to meet uh, tomorrow, in fact, to discuss all three bids. It's understood, though, that the Dolphins um, are the front runners. Now, the Commission is expected to formally rubber stamp Brisbane's new team early next week. So that means from November 1, the new Brisbane team can start negotiations with players for the 2023 season and beyond. I'll need quite a few players and I imagine quite a few deals will be done and that will mean there'll be a number of players beginning next season at clubs with full knowledge that they'll be gone the following year or at season's end. You might have your thoughts on expansion uh, or which franchise uh, should get the nod. Our women's cricket team is in action as we speak at Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast. Um, Australia's T20 World Cup champs are playing fierce rivals India in the first rematch of their record-breaking MCG final. Remember that in 2020. And after an abrupt end to their um, test last week, well, Australia's women return to their more favoured format to take on India. Uh, and we lead the multi-format series, what is it, six points to four. So each of the three T20s, um, including tonight's, is worth two points. Uh, but with two points on offer against India, who are on four points, really everything to play for tonight. Um, I guess so if we win this, uh, we won't be able to lose the series. I'm pretty sure that's how it would work. We'll chat some boxing as well. Another war of words today in Vegas in the, as the build-up to the uh, Fury Wilder 3 fight continues. Even veteran promoter Bob Arum lost his, his temper. I was going to swear then. Uh, the Gypsy King, though, uh, again, providing most of the pre-bout entertainment. Wilder continuing to insist that Fury uh, cheated when he punished him in Vegas about, oh, I don't know, 19 months ago. Uh, we might play a bit of that from that today's press conference a little bit later on as well. I'm also going to chat to a journo about a brilliant piece of recently, uh, he recently wrote in uh, the Sydney Morning Herald about Aussie basketball icon Paddy Mills. Not just a story about a basketballer or the brilliance of Mills on the court. More a story about a sporting icon who is just so beautifully connected to his Indigenous roots. And he's a man too who's hell-bent on making a difference and bridging the racial divide. I do look forward to talking um, to the author um, of a truly wonderful story, Conrad Marshall. Loads to look forward to. Again, here's an open invitation for you to join me and the Mad Russian up here on higher ground. Pick up the phone and have your say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Or if you've had a six-pack or more, and you really shouldn't have by this uh, hour, um, you can send us a text. 0457 736 736. That's a fair comment, isn't it? You shouldn't really have put six away. It's only five past, six past eight. I guess it depends what time you start. I mean, you could start at midday and you'd be well and truly um, three sheets to the wind or more. But uh, I guess us coming to work, we have a different mentality, don't we? Well, that's right. We're not tradies. We're not tradies waiting up at five o'clock in the morning home. Oh, yeah. They probably, absolutely. And well well played. Good on them. Well, Well played to them too. The chippies and sparkies and plumbers that have probably had six long necks by now. You guys just send us a text, 0457 736 736. Um, look, if you do want to jump on the line and, and have your say about anything, it, it might be about rugby league. Obviously, that's my forte, but we are now, a, uh, as we're saying, we're up here, we're on higher ground. Uh, we're spreading our wings like a, a giant eagle. 
Um, talking of which, so you sent me an article this afternoon saying, Chris, we're going to be having a chat tonight to Conrad Marshall. So he's a, uh, a journo. I don't know him, never met him. Uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit later on. Mm. Um, this hour we're going to do that, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, about a, a nice piece that he wrote about the life and times of Paddy Mills. Mm. And not just, you know, his, his sporting heroics at the Olympics and, um, you know, with Spurs and all that sort of stuff, but more his upbringing and just how closely connected he is to his Indigenous roots. Mm. It's quite a story. I was I was enjoying it. And I, I like basketball, but I'm not a basketball no, um, no. nut, right? I'm not like Coach K in mm. Afternoons yes. who produces Jimmy's show. Yeah? Or, or no, Looksy, he loves it too, yeah. right? But I do, I do enjoy it. But I was engrossed in the article. I was reading it. And, oh, it probably was 10 minutes into it. And then I'm scrolling down my iPhone, and I realized I was only at page 6 of 18. At which point, I thought of giving you a call <laughs> and saying, listen, uh, Producer Alex, if I keep reading, and I'm not a slow reader, but I'm not a speed reader. I like to digest. Yeah. As I go and think about it, right? And some of the um, some of the the writing, very poetic the way he writes yeah. too, He's a good writer. and the imagery. So I oftentimes I drifted off a little yeah. bit thinking about yeah. some of this imagery. You know, these totem poles and turtles and fish and eagles that um, Paddy now embodies. And if you can find it, dig it out. Um, but we were talking to that journal a little bit later on. I was going to ring you and say if I keep reading at this speed there's a very good chance that I might not be in here on time. And as it was, it turned out I was a little bit late. So I think you... So it's my fault. Well, I'm not one to lay blame, <laughs> but I, I do think that you maybe need to share a little bit of that at your feet that I was sort of 15 minutes well, late. I'll take a little bit of that. That's okay. It hasn't... It's not going to affect no. the show. No, it's, okay, good. You know, it's okay if you're late. It doesn't affect the show. No, I know. Uh, well, also, I did stop off to get a coffee on the way, mm. right? Oh, well, I can't be blamed for No, that. so that added four four minutes, four and a half minutes to the, the trip. Is the coffee you always complain about being oh, rubbish anyway? It's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible, but you can't get any cafes open. No, that's Because we do night shifts, right? We're normally, well, we're normally on a night, so it's a bit odd to be having coffee at seven o'clock. At a, so I go to a, a service station. I won't mention the name. And I drive in because I've been doing this for so long now, um, night shifts through higher ground all year. Mm. I turn into the driveway and he sees me yeah. and I just give him a nod or a wink, yeah. whether I'm there to get petrol or – so I don't even have to speak to him. Mm. Uh, and he's, and he's already at the machine. He's already at the machine doing, shh, you know, flat white half sugar, mm. small. Where we go. But there's been a few times this year where I actually I haven't wanted a coffee um, and when I do the Sunday morning show or the Sunday midday show, I generally get a coffee from down the road here because it's much better, right? It's good. So I've had to tell this guy, he's already started pouring the coffee and doing the, you know, getting the beans crushed and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, it's pretty ordinary coffee. But the guy in there tonight was a new guy and he's, I, I'm a bit of a coffee, uh, I don't know, um, you a mm. a critic? A, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit an precious. Enthusiast. Yeah, what's the word? I'm a bit precious yeah, about okay. the coffee, right? Um, critique. A doyen. Yeah, yeah doyen of um of coffee. Of coffee. What what goes with D? <laughs> um, but um, and the new guy was in there, and he's burnt the bloody. You know when they oh, really burn it. Yeah. 
good baristas know exactly what temperature to put it in at, yeah. right? And then your froth, your froth is a little bit creamy, and you know they burn. Oh, you burn your tongue. Anyway, that anyway, I've got that off my plate now. It was it was no good. The coffee. No good the coffee at all. Anyway, look, that's what uh, – it's it's 11 past uh, 8. Now, this um, T20 on the Gold Coast, uh, the first of the three T20s, part of this big series um, against India. Uh, our women are fielding first bowling. So India are three for 58 off seven. That's a pretty good start for them, isn't it, in terms of run rate? They've already lost three, though. Uh, three for 58 now. Seven overs gone. So we'll keep you away uh, across that. Basically, as I, I pointed out before, um, the series, it's had uh, three one days. It's had the test match, and they're all sort of worth different points. This is a three-match um, three T20 series, each worth two points. Um, so we're ahead 6-4 in aggregate, and if we win this, we'd go to 8-4, and there's only four points remaining. So we can't lose the series if we win this, but it's a, a pretty handy start by by India, so we'll keep you uh, we'll keep you across that. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line, um, and that text number again oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You might like to talk about uh, anything really. I see uh, West Tigers are, are trying to lure Benji back to um, to his spiritual home. Mm. You might want to have you might have some thoughts on that. You might also have some thoughts on. Uh, people suggesting Benji might be uh, one of the next to be immortalised. Um, I'm not so sure about that, uh, really. A uh, wonderful player, but... A couple ahead of him. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Eric's been in touch. Uh, g'day, Eric. How are you, buddy? Uh, hey, guys. Has the Redcliffe Dolphins just been named the 17th team in the NRL? Has it been confirmed or not yet? I hear it's rubber stamped uh, a done deal. Um, not to my knowledge, mate. Not to my knowledge, no. Um, we believe that, yes, what has been rubber stamped, yet to be made official that there will be a 17th team. It will come in in 2023. We believe all the clubs have, have, have put their hand up and said, yeah, let's go for it. But now there's still a couple of meetings before it is officially um, rubber stamped. And uh, that has not been confirmed yet in terms of which of the three clubs, uh, the bidding clubs uh, are going to get the license. But I think you can almost take it as red that it, oh, as Red Cliff. <laughs> Is that they're not going to be pushed off the cliff, and they are, we think, yeah, you know, will be the uh, the seventeenth team, Eric. So, I hope that explains it to you. But not officially done as yet. But if uh, you're a betting man, uh, I used to be a betting man. Um, I think you uh, would have a safe bet putting it on Redcliffe. Uh, this one here, or is that continued one? Another text here. The financing. Um, this is from Gavin from Penrith. Uh, the financing of the NRL and its clubs needs a major overhaul, says Gav. Uh, the only funds the NRL should be giving clubs is a grant that covers the salary cap and covering all travel and accommodation costs for a away matches. Everything else should come out of the club's pockets. If clubs can't afford to make a profit from selling sponsorships, memberships, merchandise, match day income, league club funding then they probably shouldn't be in the top league. Gav, mate, that's a really well-written uh, text, mate, and I am agreeing with you. Really well-written. So we were talking about this the other night, Gav. I don't know if you were listening to me, and, and, and I call him the mad Russian. What I should call him is the smart Russian. Do you want to change your name by deed poll or not? I'm quite You're happy, happy with, with mad. mad. I'm right. on me. Uh, yeah, so basically, it's not a bad gig, is it, right? You're running an NRL club. 
Uh, what's the current salary cap? 9.6? It's around, uh, It's getting towards 10. Let's yeah. say it's 10 million for round figures. They get $13 million in a grant per season, each club, 13 million. They spend 10, let's say 10 on salary cap. So they're already 3 million in the black, black yeah. right? Um, now, obviously, there's a lot of other football operational costs and, um, you know, y- your football club costs are, are quite heavy as well. But there's a cap on that too, on what they can spend on assistant coaches and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know what that figure is at the moment. But let's say you're already three clear. And then you're right, as you point out there, Gav, you've you've still got gate receipts. You've got season tickets, and memberships, match day food and revenue, um, and any other revenue streams, merchandise, sponsorship, and anything else you can think of to go on top. And yes, you've got match day operational costs, but and I know some of these smaller clubs, you know, like a game at Leichhardt or a game at Brookvale, I'm pulling these out of my backside, but I, I think they'd probably even just maybe break even mm. on match day. But that's because they're not filling the joint. Right? That's right. Your fixed costs stay the same whether you've got a crowd of five or 20. Well, five. and it's the problem when you don't own the stadium. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Panthers don't have that problem. But you're right, Gav. It is very hard to see how, how clubs in the modern system can go broke. And quite right, too. The NRL has said we will not be bailing under this new. See, the new broadcast deal, that's, that's the big safety net financially for the game. They have said we're not going to be bailing out like we've done in the past with the Dragons and, and West Tigers, didn't they? Um, so in this current system, if you do find yourself um, up the creek without a paddle, well, you just you don't get keep paddling mm. with your hands. You ain't getting anything. <laughs> mm. What happens, though? You have to bail them out. You'd have to. You can't say, oh, sorry, we're now we're down to 16 clubs. Anyway, it won't happen. It's got to be gross financial mismanagement, you would think if an NRL club under the current system cannot wash its face um, or, or indeed turn a profit. So um, the NRL has uh, re- recorded a $50 million profit. So yeah. I'm guessing that's this last financial year. And that is why the clubs are all saying, well, happy days. And that's probably why the NRL is feeling, well, we're in a pretty strong financial position. Even through COVID, we've still turned a $50 million profit this year. Um but don't be fooled by that because I was reading that article today. That also includes two origin series. Remember, last year's would be included in this Very financial important. year, right? Yeah. So I hope it's not lost on other people too. But, uh, yeah, good uh, good text, Gav. If you'd like to uh, send through your thoughts, could be on anything. Expansion, Benji, an immortal. Um, you might be an AFL fan. I mean, Toby Green. Now, there's another. Well, this is a, a news story out this afternoon, mm. wasn't it? God, this boy can find himself in trouble. He's got prize. He's got. He's got. Who he's would got be his a... rugby league equivalent? <laughs> he's got prize. My God, he's got. Well, Hetherington might be joining him. Jack. Yeah, Jack might be joining him. What other soon. any rugby league players come I in contact? Of... Did did Blocker get done once for patting? Was he Harrigan on the head? Didn't he? But that was just a that was just a pat on the head. That was a different era as well. I know. <laughs> um, no, there was a couple of years ago. There was a player. Got suspended or fined? Was it contrary conduct for touching a referee, pushing a referee? Oh, I can't remember. But Toby Green, so basically um, his three-week suspension for making contact with an umpire um, has been doubled to six weeks. I'm just reading here. Got this was it Henry Perinara? Very quickly up. 
no. I haven't got the re- oh Jared Maxwell. So mm. Penrith prop Sam McHenry was suspended. Okay. In the early back. rounds of 2016, and then Jared Hayne escaped suspension in round 22 that year yeah. after he made contact with Gavin Reynolds. Ex NRL he just tapped referee. you on the backside, didn't you, or something yeah, from memory? Yeah, it was something like that. So, mm. yeah. But uh, this with Toby Green. Toby Green, like he's got a rap sheet as long as your arm. As long as a really tall person with long arms. Hasn't he? He gets in trouble in bubble and strife like three or four times a year. He's one of those people. Serial offender. seems to find him, yes. Or does he seem to find trouble? Well, Probably a mix. Yes. So that's doubled uh, to six weeks. Basically, the appeals board upheld the league's appeal, meaning that Green will not be available for senior selection until round six of next season. So he's already sus- served one one match. So that was in the final against the Swannies, which they won. Mm. But then he missed the next week. Why do well, you he, need... didn't, he could have missed the umpire and they wouldn't have this problem. Why do you need to touch officials? I don't quite understand it. I see it a lot in a game I'm very passionate about in football, in soccer, where mm. players are crowding around referees and often touching well, them. What would happen in the Premier League if a, a referee was you know, physically well, pushed? Well, physically pushed, the player would be sent off. But, but for how touched long? For the rest of the game. It'd no, be, but I mean, what be... sort of suspension would he get? Oh. If this sort of qu- equivalent was on in the English Premier League. Yeah, like, I know I, players I, do I, crowd I, and touch. And, yeah, and, and I think six weeks would probably be about right. Mm. Yeah, four to six weeks. It'd be that sort of range of offence, I'd think. He's not captain, is he? Was he no. going for captaincy next year? He was up for, he was part of the leadership group from right. memory. Yeah. Which yes. they love to do in the AFL. They're big on the, the leadership AFL. group. They're a big fan of the, the leadership Melbourne group. Melbourne Storm's leadership group been culled a bit, hasn't it? <laughs> in recent days. Mm. Been cut, you could say. Sliced, yeah. Slimlined. Streamlined. Streamlined. That's the word we're looking for. Streamlined. <laughs> uh, three for 78 to India off uh, 9.1 overs. Three for 78, the first T20 up there on uh, on the Gold Coast. Um so we'll keep you uh, right across that. Um, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That's the open line number. If you do want to pick up the Al Capone and uh, give us an SG ball, we will take your call. Um, or again, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is uh, is the uh, the text line. Um, we're talking all sport, all sport, uh, and we'll talk a bit of boxing as well ahead of um, this uh, Sunday's big big fight, Fury Wilder three. And there's another one too, right? Now, let me ask you this, Mad Russian, and to you, our listeners out there as well. Tyson Fury, right, and Wilder, were they always destined to go into a combat sport with surnames <laughs> like that? Or they are, their Chris, they are their names on their passport, right? I'm not sure. I reckon they are. Yeah. I reckon they are. Um... They were always destined. Fury and Wilder. <laughs> Got to go into a combat sport, you know, a mm. physical sport, those two. Anyway, we'll play some of the uh, the press conference uh, from, from today. You are listening to Higher Ground. It's 22 minutes past eight. You bet it is. And uh, the Aussie girls, uh, the first uh, of three T20s up there on the Gold Coast uh, across that score. The Indians are in batting three for 92, um, 10 overs and four balls uh, being bowled. 
So not a bad strike rate for the Indians. Um, just a, almost a comical moment just happened there. Alyssa Healy's behind the stumps, right? And uh, the Indian batter, I don't know which one it was, she went down the crease and she was way outside of crease. She struggled to get back into the crease, lost her bat well outside. Alyssa got the glove off and picked the ball up and all she had to do was throw the ball at the stumps and the Indian batter, she would have been out by a mile. The, she, the Indian batswoman, uh, batter, she was crawling back on her hands and knees without a batting hand. She dropped a bat. So she has to get back and put a hand behind yeah. the uh, the crease. I'm only thinking, and Alyssa had a shy at the stumps and thought, no, I won't. And then by the time she decided to, it was too late. Do you think she was being a bit of a good sport given the, the, the batter had lost her bat? She's thinking, well, no, this is a bit like point blank. I won't throw the ball because you haven't got the bat Would you think hand. a Healy would ever think like no. that? No. I don't know. No what, way. What was she thinking? Because it was reckon- a clear chance missed. I reckon the bat, she saw the bat in her hand and then she dropped it. So she stopped mid-throw because she thought she wouldn't get her. Uh, then she dropped the bat. Yeah. And then she thought, oh, I'll have a go now. Uh, yeah, yeah, bad run out, miss. Was, was, was. We were just talking earlier and wherever you're listening into the show, I want you to weigh in on this, okay? You'll like this one, I think, and we've probably done it before. But with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, yeah, Fury v. Wilder, uh, their fight this weekend in Vegas – I mean, were their careers already mapped out for them with such volatile surnames? They were always going to be involved, weren't they, in some type of combat sport, maybe. Wilder and Fury. So it leads to the question, what other sports people around the world in history have already had their their futures mapped out for them? For example, the great Margaret Court. Terrific. Yes? Who else are you thinking? What about, what about, what about, what about, what about, uh, Usain Bolt Usain was Bolt, always going good. to be a sprinter. You, you get the drift. So 0457 736 736. Um, great athletes, or they don't have to be great athletes, just athletes around the world, any sport who have had their careers already chosen for them by virtue of their surname. You've got a couple there. couple here. I Thomas, know, because you're, you're looking yeah. at me. You, yes. Thomas Diamond was a baseballer. Diamond. Cubs. Brilliant. For a little Give while. yourself, yeah. yeah. Give yourself a, yeah. Look. I'm not panelling tonight, by the way. So if things were a little bit rusty, yeah. Yeah. if things were a bit rusty, it's, it's, it's him over there. What uh, else you got? Tiger Woods. Woods yes. Golf. Of course. Woods. Well, golf. yeah, well, it could have been... Um, Tiger Irons, but it's Tiger Woods. Yeah, uh, I like and it. And off that, Gary Player could have played any Terrific. sport. Gary and there was chose a, golf. Still, a, still an Australian footballer going around called Golgol Mabratu. No, still yeah, going around was. How do you spell Golgol? G O L G O L. All right, just no A in it. That yeah. that still works. Golgol, absolutely. He's still playing. He's still playing. He's what? still going in A League. Uh, not in the A League. I think he's gone into Southeast Asia. But yeah, he's certainly not retired yet. Um, Lane Beachley. Oh. <laughs> How good is that one? Oh, I know. Tim Duncan was a, a basketballer. Yeah. <laughs> and he was tall too. And David Hooks was my last one. <laughs> so that, there's so many of them. Yeah, it's perfect. If you've got more, so many send of them. them through. If you've got more, send them through. Yes. I like it. Oh, um, Tennis Sangren. Tennis Sangren. Terrific. Current player, yeah. Bit of a wank. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Is that you, a, he was you, he, beep yourself. You can't yeah. be saying that on this parade. What time is it? 
after nine, you can start using He, he was an A-grade tennis when he came out here earlier in the year and was whingy. He's not vac- one of those anti-vaxxers, not getting vaccinated. A-grade. And then, but then had the, the hide to come down here and have to mm. quarantine for 14 days and was sending basically whinging text messages and Instagrams and so he makes tweets dri- he makes drives. A-A- He's an A-grade. He's an A-grade, yeah. absolutely. Right. And Alex Demonor knocked him out in the second round, yeah. I think, which I was very happy to see. I still remember that. The Demon, the Demon. Um, SG Ball. Yes, well, yeah. Alan Ball won the World Cup with England in 1966. You know too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yes. Yes, you're right. There you go. They haven't won much since. Really? Well, not World Cups. Um, yeah, you got the drift. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Going to talk a bit of football later on too, aren't we? Um, Simon Hill's going to jump on the line too. So we're covering all sports. No longer is higher ground your late night league lounge. It's uh, now your late night sports bar. And uh, last drinks will be served at about five to about 10 to 11, quarter to 11, last drinks will be uh, being served. Again, welcome to our, our uh, live studio audience. You've got your drink vouchers up there. Uh, yes. Davo, the Roosters, your mate from the Roosters. They didn't get any. I told you no, he wasn't he, getting no, any. No, he wanted four because he said he didn't get any last night. <laughs> He's got some no. high, doesn't he? You would have thought he'd want no um, he'd want... Vouchers for some lattes, wouldn't he? The, the Roosters fans up there. Oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. They're, they're well behaved. They've been quiet. Been, been a little bit subdued. Been really quiet. Um, all right, time for this. It's time for an NRL transfer update with thanks to CMC Markets. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Well, talking of markets, right, the player market uh, is going to be moving in uh, over over overdrive shortly because with this new club coming in in 2023, it's going to need some players, correct? You would have thought? That's a very good point. Yes. You need players, don't you? You need players. So um, they're going to need to get a shed load of players. And from November 1, i.e. in uh, what what day is it today? Say in three weeks or so, um, players who are off contract at the end of next season Yes, they are free to negotiate with rival clubs Top in of that a list. few weeks. Top of that list? Even after this week? Uh, Cameron? Cameron Munster. Mm. So, yes. And depending, and, and we saw what happened with the Dragons, right? Mm. Um, depending on what the player is earning currently, if a player is on the books of a club and the club believes now that they're paying overs for what that player is delivering, I'm talking about Michael uh, Michael Vaughan. You're into your cricket now. So you yes, are getting I'm ready going, for summer. Absolutely. Paul Vaughan, right? So he was on about 800, right? Mm. And the club realised, the Dragons, reading between the lines, realised they're playing far too much for him. So, and I'm sure that played a role in him being pushed out the door. And you think that wasn't the same case with Lockie Lewis? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, so yes, Cameron Munster, he's off contract at the end of next season and, uh, he will be, um, yep. One of the number one targets you, you would have thought, but they're going to need a whole lot of players, aren't they? This new club. So you are going to get loads of players, um, at least being tempted to join them, being wooed. And what it'll probably mean is that there'll be a number of players 
playing for NRL clubs next year who have already decided to go to the new club in southeast Queensland in 2023. So what do you think about that, fans, you guys, listeners? What do you think about that? Are you happy watching your player running around, whether it be in blue and gold or red, white and blue, knowing full well that in 2023 you'll be playing not with you but against you? And you're going to know for the whole season that he's a want-away player. Uh, It's been happening for years. It really has. And um, is it time for a transfer window where that type of thing can't happen? But November 1, that's when um, silly season will begin. Well, it's already begun at at a number of clubs. There have been some movements. And these were sort of happening yesterday. But I'll go through them uh, for you. Um, So Manly, Moses Suley, right? So he's going. He's got a year left on his contract or had a year left on his contract. He's been officially confirmed as a Dragons player. Um, So Suley goes from the final year of his contract, clearing the path for him to sign with the Dragons. A three-year deal Moses has got there. Um, So good luck to him. Good luck to him. Uh, They wouldn't have wanted him to have gone, but, you know, you you can't keep them all, and he couldn't force his way into the team at the back end of the season um, if it weren't for injury. Um, and he's too good a player to be sitting on the sidelines, IMO. Um, he was linked to the Dragons last month. So that that is a done deal. Um, elsewhere, what else have we got too? They've got Ethan Bullingwall coming to the Manly on a two-year deal. That's a really good move, in my opinion. What I've seen from Ethan, he's a, he's a really strong, strong forward. He'll add plenty to the, uh, to the Manly pack. They're losing uh, a few players too, they aren't they? Uh, they've also handed extensions to George Defua and Morgan Boyle. One-year deals for them. Just going through this. Uh, leaving Manly, um, Curtis Sirinan, he's going to the Super League. Tavita Funa and Zach Sadler and Jack Gajetsky have not been offered a new deal. I would have thought well, Sadler had a bad head injury, didn't he, this year? Never really recovered from that. Tafita Foon has been in and out on the periphery. Gajetsky, I would have thought someone would pick him up, and I'm sure they probably will. He's a handy back rower. Um, but then they've had other back rowers coming through, haven't they, Manly? Mm. Elsewhere, elsewhere, elsewhere. So Melbourne Storm, they're saying goodbye to 11 players. That's a real... Um, roster turnover, isn't it? Dale Finucane, Josh Adokar and Nico Hines uh, are all going. Uh, Finucane and Hines are going to the Sharks, as we know, next season. Adokar's off to the Bulldogs. God, they're going to have a good uh, they're gonna have a good squad, aren't they, Canterbury, yeah. next year? Um, the Storm confirmed it yesterday that uh, Brenko Lee... Oh, okay, here's one. So Brenko Lee should always be playing with the Broncos, right? <laughs> you with Very me? Very good. Yeah. Well, he is. He's going to the Broncos. It's going to be Broncos Brenko um, next year. Uh, Aaron Penne, um, well, he should be an Italian chef. Aaron Booth, <laughs> Max King, uh, Riley Jacks, Dan Atkinson, Tyson Smoothie. Well, he should own a fruit bar, smoothie bar. Uh, we're also leaving uh, the club. Uh, so there you go. Uh, there's uh, player movements there. Um, and we're asking you what athletes around the world, either past or present, their sport and path was always always chosen, already chosen for them because just simply by virtue of their surname. Aha. Uh, Gav from Penrith back in touch. Kevin Locke. 
Yes. We're talking Warriors, Kevin Locker. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Darren Center. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Center with an S, but yeah, we'll pay that. Um, And didn't play Center. Play Center. Well, I don't know if that counts. Excuse me. Uh, Craig Wing. (laughs) But didn't play Wing. Could have. Play anywhere, Craig Wing. Still could. Yeah, good. I like it. Thanks, Gav. Uh, this one, Bondi Jack's been uh, in touch. Hope you're well, Bondi, too. Um, hope you've been doing a bit of ocean swims, mate, and staying clear of those uh, those white pointers up there on the Gold Coast or wherever you are. Uh, these days, he, I think he's on the Gold Coast, Bondi, isn't he? Well, he can he almost tell got, us. Yeah, he almost got taken one day off Bondi. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Almost got Almost brown bread. We're lucky to have Bondi Jack listening to us. Uh, Chrissy, there were a bunch of those uh, touching the referee charges issued at that time in 2016. It was like the absurd 2021 high tackle farce with blokes accidentally brushing refs. Even uh, Frizzell got charged. Uh, but when the NRL koala, Cam Smith, physically grabbed the ref on the shoulder from behind, no mention of it at the uh, match review committee. Uh, Bondi Jack. Are you suggesting for one moment, Bondi, that Cam Smith had preferential treatment by the match review committee? No. Surely not. Surely not. Uh, Thanks, uh, Bondi, for uh, getting in touch. And um, keep those texts coming through. What athletes around the world, past or present, had their career paths already mapped out for them by virtue of their surname? And uh, talking about the two big brutes that are going head-to-head in Vegas on Sunday Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, to name a few. Uh, This is Higher Ground. It's coming up to 19 minutes to nine. Well, I read a a terrific story in uh, The Good Weekend, uh, all of the uh, Channel 9 papers also, about uh, Aussie Boomer and now Brooklyn Nets star Paddy Mills. Now, this is not so much a story about basketball as such, all the brilliance of Mills on the court, but rather the story of a... Well, a sporting hero who is just so beautifully connected to his Indigenous roots. And we have on the line the author of that great profile. Um, Welcome to Higher Ground, Conrad Marshall. How are you, Conrad? Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm great. Thanks very much for having me, Chris. Look, as I say, it was a lovely piece. Um, It was was a long article, but it kept me thoroughly... um, enthralled, really, the, the further I, I read the article. A lovely piece, one that obviously took a, a lot of hard work um, to put that together. How long did, did that take? Uh, look, I'd say something like that takes at least sort of a month. You need quite a bit of time to do the interviews and the research and read everything that you can about a subject. I didn't. I probably didn't know Mills as well as... Uh, as a lot of Australia did, so there was some studying up to do, and then, of course, condensing it all into um, into about 5,000 words on the page um, takes a bit out of you, so a little more than a month, maybe. And and whether you're a, uh, you know, a basketball fan or, or not, um, I, I think every Aussie just loves Paddy Mills, um, what he's done, obviously, in the sport, but away from, from sport as well. What's he like to interview? Wonderful, just wonderful. I mean, you would know as well as I that um, you know some athletes are really sort of self-aware and expressive and can talk about themselves, and others just can't. You know, they can only talk about the game, or they're reserved, or they kind of they are what they do. 
Mills is a bit of both in so far as he is what he does. He's a brilliant basketballer and a you know a very well sort of finely tuned athlete. But the other side of him is this incredibly expressive guy, a really thoughtful guy, an intelligent person, and somebody who I don't know. I've described him to a few people that I've spoken to as just purposeful. Mm. Uh, everything that he does is really intentional. Like he he wants to take steps to sort of redress racial imbalance um, and he puts his money where his mouth is with a lot of this stuff too you know supporting heaps of different causes launching little foundations in fact he did a lot of that during um, during the pandemic lockdown you know while the rest of us were learning a musical instrument or perfecting our sourdough recipe he was setting up foundations to um, to help indigenous kids find a pathway um, to play elite basketball mm. You say about a month. How many how many chats or interviews uh, did it take, and what was it over Zoom, or, or how did that all happen? Yeah, it was. So usually, um, with a profile of this nature, I would um, I would try to shadow someone like Patty for a day or two, you know, sort of follow them around, see what they're like in meetings, watch them at training, talk to everyone around them that I can. But um, you know, in the times that we live in, uh, and the very limited time that he had in Australia, and the fact that I wasn't going to be leaving Victoria anytime soon, meant that it was all done um, by Zoom while he was in quarantine on the way back from the Olympics. So I had kind of three sit-downs with him, and each one kind of went for an hour and a half or so. I find you can't really grill a person for more than about an hour and a half before you get diminishing returns from mm. their answers. Um, but he was just so thoughtful and engaged the whole time, like just passionate about what he does and, and who he wants to be in life and the, the sort of the example that he wants to set and how he mm. wants to lead. I was just I was utterly impressed with the guy. And so never never any uh, feelings from you that, oh, Paddy's feeling this is a bit of a chore for him. It was always you know, fully engaging and, and, and totally up front and, and ready to talk as, as much as, as he wanted, huh? Yeah, and really good at just sort of shooting me down, you know. If a mm. question wasn't quite right or if he thought I was um, misunderstanding something, he'd pull me up and correct me because he wants people to, to get the right impression of him and understand where he sits and stands on um, different issues. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how he how he held his attention when I was zigzagging all over the place with mm. questions about his what life's like in uh, the Torres Strait, where that side of his family's from, to tell me about your your relatives from the desert in South Australia. That's his Aboriginal side. And mm. he's just got such a sweeping story to tell. There was kind of, there was a lot to cover, a lot mm. to cover. Like, I had no idea that he was the great nephew of Eddie Marbo, for instance. No. And I got a lot of um, feedback after writing the story. Well, not did I. Well. People emailed in or, or tweeted about mm. that saying, I had no idea. No. It was like there was this person we knew everything about, but we sort of knew nothing about. Mm. And like he is really genuinely connected with um, you know, with the elders and the stories of the elders, and 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 the analogy or the the, the like or the the color in the story that you write, um, various various animals, uh, the eagle and the turtle, and even a fish, and um, they mean certain things uh, to to the elders back then, and he he sort of embraces them and embodies um a lot of those those traits that they talk about. That's right. Yeah. So every family, um, whether it's from his Torres Strait side or his Aboriginal side, they have different totems, which are sort of the 
the animals that are kind of associated with their clan and um, and all of the elders that I spoke to, they could see those totems in the way that he plays, whether, as you say, was the, the turtle that represents family or the eagle that um, represents sort of vision and his ability to see everything, whether that's things in life or things on the court. Um, there's the Spanish mackerel, this fish that darts mm. and is incredibly quick, the way that he is on the court, mm. um, to the frigate bird, which sits up there and floats on the wind and knows how to knows how and when to strike. Um, there are just these wonderful sort of similarities that they were able to conjure up. And mm. um, yeah, this is a guy who's deeply, deeply connected to his culture, you know, who dances, does traditional tribal dance like every few days, but. Um, cooks traditional recipes um, of his people as well, but uh, mm. you know that that fielded a call from me, and in order to take the call, had to press stop on Yothu Yindi, which was what he was listening to in um, <laughs> in hotel quarantine. I like it. I like it. Um, now, look, success, I guess, changes a, a lot of people in in different ways. Um, obviously, very successful is Paddy Mills. Um, it's still very down to earth, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, he's a totally grounded individual. And I, I like to ask people random questions when I'm doing interviews because I've got a lot of time to, to do that. So I ask, I often ask, what do you drive? You know, and the answers are sometimes really surprising mm. and revealing. I, I once asked Andrew Denton what he drove. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking, okay, he's this cerebral guy, you know, the mm. intelligent talk show host and interviewer. I bet it's sort of you know, Lexus and Mercedes, Audi, something like that. And the guy drives a, a Commodore, like a fully sick mm. Commodore Ute, <laughs> bright red, with a, a Rabbitohs sticker on the back of it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I love that. I found that interesting because it, it collides with what you think he's going to be. And that's the way it was with Mills. I thought, you know, this guy at one point signed a four-year uh, four deal worth 50 million bucks. I was expecting him to drive a drive yeah. a Cadillac Escalade or something like that. But he drives a, a black um, a black Volkswagen Golf, which is a little hatch, you know, not yeah, a very yeah, big yeah. car. And it's not even a new one. It's like 10 years old. He's driven well, it the entire time, the yeah. decade he's been in um, in San Antonio. There you go. Well, that's pretty much what I'm driving too. Uh, worth about 5K all up. <laughs> um, he, he's, he's a, Paddy's from a very difficult back upbringing too, which we don't often hear a lot about, do we? Um, reading your, your story that brought it to life too, he, and, and his mother, um, Yvonne, she was, she was taken from her mother, wasn't she, as a, a, a wee toddler. So things weren't easy for Paddy uh, growing up in Canberra. No, I didn't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, his mother was a member of the stolen generation. She was, she was taken when she was two and raised with another family and didn't really learn the truth um, about herself until the Bringing Them Home report in 1997. Um, and while Paddy was brought up sort of middle class in, in suburban Canberra, um, you can imagine that being uh, the only Indigenous Torres Strait Islander child going to Maris College, um, you do stand out and you, and, and he did, uh, cop his fair share of, um, or unfair share of racism as a, as a boy. And he said that it only kind of got worse throughout his life in some ways. It was, mm. I believe there was a quote in the New York Times story with him that was sort of like the better he got at basketball, the worse the racism got. Uh, and so I think that's part of, well, that's definitely part of what spurs him to uh, to want to kind of create change in people um, and he tries to do that 
gently through his deeds on court and through just living life as a as a good mm. example for others. Well, talking of Spurs, he's, he's moved on from the Spurs this season. What sort of effect do you think that um, they've had on him or, or he's had on them? I think he's been a real talismanic sort of figure for the Spurs. I, I think, you know, coach, coach uh, Greg Popovich... Um, you know, embraces the stories of players and, and they embrace him in return. And he, I think Paddy really became a driving force in their culture. But I also think after 10 years, sometimes mm. you just you need to refresh and you need to move on. Um, and there was this chance with him in free agency to move to the Brooklyn Nets who have these, uh, these three superstars in James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And um, I think Paddy probably saw an opportunity to sprinkle some of that Spurs magic dust on that organisation and challenge for a championship. You know, the Spurs are a little bit in a, a sort of a rebuild phase, whereas the Nets are the super team, the one that are ready to launch. Um, and who knows, he may actually get a really good chance to um, shine as well, to get a little bit more court time. There's, there's some uncertainty I've read in the last couple of days around Kyrie Irving and... Um, whether he'll show up and stick around and stay, all of the um, controversy around um, vaccinations with NBA players. Uh, and so if, if he sort of disappears, as he sometimes does, well, maybe Paddy Mills will be steering things a little bit more on court and mm. get a little bit more time and the chance to use that massive platform that he has as, uh, as an NBA star now playing in New York. Well, he steered Australia into its first medal, um, Olympic medal in basketball um, after they beat Slovenia in that, that bronze medal match. And he was just immense. What did that mean to him? I think it meant everything to him. And again, this is one of those things I really didn't realise until I got into writing the story and talking to him is how, how deeply he cares for the idea of boomers. Um, he's, a, he's a big Olympics watcher. He says that um, you know, watching Kathy Freeman get silver in Atlanta and then watching her get uh, gold in Sydney four years later when he was just 12 um, was the making of him. That's, those are his words. You know, It was part of the forming of his identity and who he is. Um, and ever since then, he's been devoted to this idea of playing in the Olympics, of representing his country. Uh, and he did that at a very early age too. I think he was only 19 when... Um, he pl- first played for them in Beijing, and and he's since been so close with them as the Boomers have been. You know, we, we know that they have this history of kind of finishing fourth and never having a medal. So that was what was driving him, and um, it really just makes that Olympic moment so uh, so special. You know, the fact that he was uh, the flag bearer, the fact that he was sort of the player of the tournament that he um, in that game against Slovenia that he scored. A record number of points for a for a medal round, um, you know, for any country, mm. uh, and that he got us over the line with what people described as sort of sheer will, just accepting that responsibility to put people on there, put everyone on his back and carry them, uh, and then his joy when when he got that medal, and I, I just I love that phrase, the rose gold medal mm. instead of the bronze medal. Um, it's just uh, I, I just think it's become. Um, an iconic moment and certainly the people I spoke to a lot of the people I spoke to for this story people like Andrew Gaze and Brian Gorgian and um, even Ash Barty felt exactly the same way it's a it was a really magical moment in um, in what were a pretty special games really 
Well, mate, it's, it's a really good read. It's a wonderful article and, and well done to you. I know it took a lot of time. And, and as you say, while others were perfecting a musical instrument or their sourdough recipe, you were busy um, constructing a, a wonderful story, Conrad. <laughs> um, thanks, mate, for bringing it to our attention and, um, and, and revealing so much more about the great Paddy Mills. Thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. Oh, my pleasure, Chris. Thanks again. Uh, 12 past nine. Great to have you listening to Higher Ground. This is your late night uh, sports bar. We're open until 11. Last orders, I've told you, a quarter to 11. And I will not budge from that. Will not budge. Rain has stopped play in the first of the uh, T20s with our Aussie women playing India. India batting four for 131. Uh, what have we had? 15.2 overs have gone in that. Rain has stopped play. Four for 131 India. So uh, more rain up there on the Gold Coast. That one, uh, the covers uh, are on the pitch there at Metricon. We were talking, uh, by the way, 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Uh, we're saying before, uh, with the big fight on this Sunday in Vegas, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, Wilder v Fury, when you've already got your surname in your passport and it's something like that, they were always destined, weren't they, to be involved in some type of combat sport and uh, boxing found them and they found boxing and it's going to be a really good fight this weekend what other names what other sports people around the globe past or present their map was already mapped out for them their future their chosen sport by virtue of their surname we've been through a few now i don't know this is sport this is coming from my mate rocky oh rocky's been in touch from the evening rocky he's chris moneymaker was the poker world champion two thousand three? Like it? No, that's it's good. Unbelievable. That's that's sport. Yeah, I think poker is poker sport. Is you're talking about that. you're talking about card game. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy, the tall man's been in touch too. G'day, why? How good does the fox look in Bulldogs blue? Um, where you see dogs finish next year? I see seventh or eighth. Well, I'm hoping tall man is truly a dog supporter. Is he, he is. Yeah, Canterbury fan. Tully. Um, if they can't make the top eight with that roster next year, I'm a bad judge, A, and Trent will be showing the door, B. I think that is the pertinent point, that second one. If they don't make finals with a roster that they've assembled. Is that too harsh? I don't think I don't think Trent's got the credits in the bank. He, you know, his well, no, he at hasn't Man- at the Bulldogs. And, he, and his years at Manly didn't show anything you can be particularly excited about. Look, I had no, I had no problem with the, you know, where the dogs finished this year. I mean, with the squad they yeah. had, I had them pushing for the finals actually in my predictions before this season, mm. just gone. Uh, but I really, I really think they will make, make the finals. So uh, off the top of my head, right. David Fafita, uh, not David Fafita, Tavita Pangai Jr. is going there. Mm. Brent Naden's going there. Matt Burton's going there. Um, there's more, there's more, there's more. Um, you said Josh Adokar. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, Toolman did. Josh Adokar's going there. Um, Braden Burns. Yes, Braden Burns is going there. It's a damn fine squad, isn't it? It's turning into a nice little team. I just don't, I don't know if Matt Burton's a, a six. I know he's going there as a six, but I don't know that he's a six. I reckon he's a born centre, but we'll wait and see. I think you could play Matt Burton. Anywhere from one to six. You probably would have been young, wouldn't you, when Freddie Fittler was really doing yeah. his, his make, doing his magic? Yeah. I See, I can't even remember him as, as a Panther. That's, you know. Yeah, right. That's how young I am, if yeah. you like. 
like all my memories. The are great running five eights. Freddie uniform. Uniform. Yeah, the great running five eights. Well, Freddie, even Laurie. Laurie was very similar mm. to explosive off the mark and and quite a big five eight, a big number six. Uh, neither of them as tall as um as Matt Burton though. Mm. Uh, we'll wait and see. But Tully, um, that's the good thing, isn't it? And and you go through the off season now with anticipation. You. Round one can't come soon enough for clubs that have sort of replenished their stocks. Um, so we'll uh, we'll wait and see on on that one. So we were going through with the player movements, all right? And uh, no, looks he Brooks, he's doing some overtime, and he handed us a list of players off contract. Now these are players off contract, not at the end of next season, okay, but end of twenty twenty three. So these guys. Cannot um, negotiate from November one. This would be these ones their, can't. This would be for their second year in yes. the Red Cliff, oh, for the second year of the teams. Oh, you can call it. No, you, you can call it Red Cliff Dolphins. Red Cliff, yeah. You can call it Red Cliff Dolphins. All right, but okay, and then we'll do it. Let's go through it because we'd already and well, I'll tell you because I've got the two lists here in front of me. That uh-huh. class is there's a lot more talent in that class than there is in, in the, the current in off the contract. current off contract class. Well, let's go through the off-contract in 2023. So these guys can't negotiate from November 1, all right? But they could for, in a year's time, then they could start negotiating, right? Uh, We've both come up with the 13-man squad of players that would be available. So this would be for the 2024 season, wouldn't it not? Correct. Yes. So it would be their second season. Their second season, the Redcliffe Dolphins. Okay. Do you want to go through your 13? I'll have a go. So from the Broncos, I've only... Starting put, at fullback? I've only... Have oh, you I've put starting them into at fullback. Have you put them in a position? Uh, yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, the first fullback I'm targeting is Will Kennedy. Yep. Um, my two Great wingers. Great season, didn't he? Two wingers, Ronaldo Molotalo and Jason Saab. Well, yes. Um, my centres would be Selwyn Cobbo. And yes. I'd move Blake Taff maybe into the centres. See if we can right. make that work. I've okay. seen, I've liked yeah. what I've seen of him. Okay. Um, my two halves targets. I think we've got Cameron, the same. Cameron Munster and Daly Cherry Evans. Yeah, that'd probably go all right. Yeah, Queensland okay. halves. Yes. Uh, Harry Grant in the nine. Oh, he goes all right. Yes. Um, I've got Nelson as one of the props. As of a Solomona. Yes. And Stefan Utuikamanu. Utuikamanu. Okay, from the Tigers. Yes. And then I've got Joe F. Offahengawi. I'm nicking him off Wes. As well. Okay, you can have him. Yeah. Playing the second row. Mm-hmm. Um, and did I pick a second, second row? No, I've missed a second, second row. So let's go. Mm. Should we leave go? it blank if you want? I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that blank for now. All right. I'll come up with second one while you go through yours. So, and did you get a lock? Have you got another? You work oh, my lock was Tino. Oh right, Fasil Malawi. Mm. It goes all right, but. That wouldn't be out. You wouldn't get that in ten mil. No, I don't think. But that would be. And nor my, this one either. That would be my top thirteen. So this targets. is with a rooster's salary cap, right? Yeah. <laughs> this one. Hmm? What? Here you go over another pot shot at the roosters. Well, Dave, he's no been. He's been yeah, he's been disrespectful up the back. He knows who he is too. He wasn't even invited, and then he's taking the Mickey out of us for just giving him two drink vouchers. Stop laying into them. I've got at fullback. I, I, I'm turning Tessie New into a, just a, yeah. an out and out fullback. I've got Mike Acevo and Jason Saab as my wingers. I've got Xavier Coates and Justin Olam as my centres. I've got Munster and DCE as my halves. Up front, 
I've gone with um, Tino Fasu Malawi and Jack Hetherington. Mm-hmm. I've also got Harry Grant as my hooker. I've got a bit of experience and old a couple of old heads in the second row, right, for our fledgling club. We're only in year two, the Redcliffe Dolphins, right? Mm. Um, and I think these two players will still have a, a year or two, a good couple of years under their belt. I've got Josh Jackson, yes, bit and Kenny Bromwich. Yeah, bit of experience. Some experience, right? And I think I still think they'll have plenty to offer. And I've got a still a relatively young uh, lock, Victor Adley, the inflictor. Goes all right. Yeah. I've very quickly done 2022. So you compare that to what I've got here in sort of a topish. So these guys that you're about to read out, they the can negotiate of, in three weeks' time. These are the top 13 for me. For the Redcliffe Dolphins. Free to negotiate on November 1. Mm. Herbie Farnworth and Jermaine Asako. Are they? From the Broncos. Yeah. Josh Hodgson. Raiders. Yeah. Very good hooker. Yes. Matt Dufty. Yes. He's free to go again because he's only signed a one-year mm-hmm. deal with the, the Bulldogs. Well, there's another one, Dogs, uh, tour man. You've got Dufty going there too. Franklin Pele from the Sharks. I think he has got a bright future. Okay. Franklin. Christian Welch. Yes. State of origin. Yes. And Australia. Hamaso Tabuifiro. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Reid Marnie. Queenslander. Clint Clothes. Clint Gutherson. So he is off contract. There you go. There I thought go. he Reed was. Marnie. So that, yeah. I reckon. I reckon that might happen. You well, I can't Marnie say that. But yeah, uh, Dylan Edwards and Jackson Paulo. Dylan Edwards. So that's what I'm talking. I mean, there's a bit of difference in standard there, and I've actually left out Angus Crichton there. I've picked that. I've left him out as well. Oh, he's so available too. He's Crichton. available at the end of the season. So there you see. There's loads and loads of, of good players. Uh, coming off contract after next season, which makes them eligible to negotiate with the Redcliffe Dolphins, if that's the team that comes in, uh, and they can start chatting by November 1. So you could have an Angus Crichton uh, in three weeks' time agree to a deal to, let's say, go to the Redcliffe Dolphins, uh, whatever the club might be, um, for 2023. And he will then play out the entire 2022 season with the Roosters knowing he's headed to Queensland. So how do we fix that problem? How do we fix that one-year deal? Because it's clearly not working. So... Well, I think you just push it back and you do have a um, you have an official a, transfer window. Yeah. But you've also got to understand that the players have to organise their futures and, and get things, you know, get ahead of the game well, well in advance, I guess. But... Not 12 months, 15 months in advance. I think, like, at the end of the season, towards you know, mid-season, it used to be a June 30 cutoff, but that was for player transfers within the season from club to club. I think it should be sort of even even about around about three-quarters of the way through the season. Mm. Um, then you can maybe lock in some deals in a two- or three-week period and and go from there. I just don't think um, – I just don't think – Fans, they they're the big losers, aren't they? When they 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 got they could have half a team that are mm. all coming off contract and have all agreed to go and play with Redcliffe, mm. leave Cronulla and go to Redcliffe, and you got to sit there as a fan and and pay your way through the turnstile and just hope that their mm. mind is still on their current job at Cronulla, for example. Um, text, 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 text. Uh, g'day, guys. I've just found out recently about this station, SEN 1170, and I absolutely love it. You have a new listener. Well, thank you, uh, new listener. Yes. Well, you are, you are more than welcome. More than welcome. 
Um, oh, it goes on. Sorry, I, I cut myself off there. Um, all day sports, that's the best thing ever. Wondering, does the station also talk about some WWE wrestling? Well, I don't in my program. That's probably something Joel and Fletch might talk about. Uh, the WWE, they have actually. They dabble. They dabble. I've seen, I've heard them dabble. And Matty Fletch Johns. Fletch loves it. Of it we'll, we'll probably be some WWE chat tomorrow on Morning Glory with Matty Johns. Right, from yeah. From nine as well. Yeah, okay. Um, I used to watch the World Championship Wrestling when I was only very, very young. can't even remember what station it was on. Big in the 80s. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Andre the Giant. In fact, I reckon I went to the Horden Pavilion as maybe a seven-year-old and saw Andre the Giant live. He's a big fella, you know. <laughs> Hence the name. Well, there you go. There's another one. Andre the Giant. Well, he was born to be a wrestler. Yeah, of course he was. Do you reckon that's his real name? Uh, no, uh, not on this this show, but other other shows. Uh, some of the lower rating programs, like Drive with Joel and Fletch, those sort of shows, they might they might dabble in a bit of W um, W E. Uh, my favourite sports, NRL and W W E. Um, who was the player that went over there? Oh, Brisbane player a couple of years ago went over. He dabbled. He was um, oh come on, uh, I'll find this out and work it out. During the break, um, Vito, Vito, Daniel Vito. There I just go. got it up there. Daniel Vito. So I don't know what happened with him, but he was going over there pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's still following uh, or trying to break into the the sport. I know he bulked up and really trimmed up. Daniel Vito, um, good player, wasn't he? Uh, my, what else? Uh, what about tennis and international football, soccer? Well, there's not a whole lot of tennis on at the moment for us to talk about, really, that I know of. International soccer, well, we will be talking that um, shortly, in fact. Um, Simon's still available, I think. He just texts me. He's good to go. Is he? He's got a very early start too, Simon Hill. He's got to be up at about, uh, well, he's five o'clock-ish. So we will talk some football and we'll do that next. All right, time for some uh, soccer chat brought to you by Sydney Trucks and Machinery, your one-stop shop. And uh, don't forget the global game will be back at this time on 1170 and across uh, the SEN network um, this time next week. Uh, The host, Simon Hill, joins us to chat some footy. How are you, Simon? Very good, Chris. How are you? Mate, I'm well, I'm well. Um, having withdrawals already, though, with the footy season or our footy season um, come to its conclusion. But I guess there's lots to look forward to in the round ball game. And, uh, well, for, for a number of years, you've, you've pretty much been the voice of, of, of soccer. And it's, it's great to have you still working with, um, with the SEN network, mate. Socceroos, um, World Cup quality start tomorrow morning. Early start for you, though. What is it, a 5 o'clock kick, 5.30 kickoff in the morning? Yeah, yeah, it's it's five thirty a.m. kickoff. Uh, we go on air with Channel Ten at, at five a.m. So it's one of those where you have got to set your alarm clocks, no matter where you are in the country. Um, it's not ideal. Obviously, this is a a game that was going to be played or should have been played in Australia, but mm. uh, because of the pandemic, uh, we can't do that. So they're they're off to Doha again, playing at the Khalifa International Stadium. Uh, and the good thing about that venue, at least, even though it's still pretty warm over there, it's an air-conditioned stadium, so it'll be a, a lovely 22 degrees. The pitch is good, um, so that they'll have no excuses. Where are we up to then in terms of um, are we on track, expectations, results so far in qualifying? This obviously the final round. What We've won our first two, correct? So uh, yeah. if you run a rule across the performances, are you happy? 
Yeah, look, I, I think uh, to to uh, to be critical uh, when they've just won 10 qualifiers in a row, which mm. is an Asian record, incidentally, uh, would be a little bit harsh. Um, if you want to split hairs, the, the performance against Vietnam in the last game wasn't the flashiest, but there were reasons for that. Uh, they were playing in, in very difficult conditions, very hot, very humid, as it always is in Hanoi. And they, they played on a pitch that was... Uh, horrible, really, very spongy, difficult to play, the sort of football that the soccer is like to play. Uh, they won't have that problem tonight. Um, overall, uh, you, you can't ask for anything more than, than just keep winning, and, and that's what mm. they've been doing. But the, the caveat is, is that they now come up against Oman, who are fast improving. Uh, they beat Japan away from home. That's how dangerous they can be. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, they go to Saitama to play Japan, which is... Yeah, and despite that result against Oman, it, it's still the toughest away trip in Asian football. So these are two very big tests for Australia. If they come away with four points or you know, even better, if they get all six, mm. then really, um, you know, Qatar 2022, the World Cup finals is an open goal from there. Oman, am I right in saying our last time we played them, we won quite comfortably? Yeah, that was a friendly um, oh, yeah. before the Asian Cup in 2019. So I don't know how much you can glean from that. It was a, uh, a pretty one-sided game. They won 5-0, the Socceroos. But uh, this Oman team is, is much changed. Um, they've done away with a couple of their older players and, and gone with youth. Um, and they're a very solid unit. They defend well and they're good in transition. So, uh, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to paint them as world beaters because mm. I don't think they are. But... They, they do offer a threat. And if Australia are not on their game for any reason tonight, then they could get punished. But look, overall, if Australia play to their capabilities, uh, I think they'll win tonight. But the, the real big test is, is Tuesday night away to Japan. So, uh, okay, I say it's, it's um, well, not a, not a really tight turnaround against Japan, but uh, that will really be the, um, I guess, the barometer by which we judge them most, won't it? Yeah, look, Japan is always the litmus test in Asia. Um, you know, they're the, the country that has really, you know, taken their football onto the next level. They they reached the uh, the second round of the World Cup, the round of 16. Um, it might have even been the quarterfinals. I'm trying to remember. Goodness me, how long ago that seems, Russia 2018. And, and they went out only to a, an extra time goal to Belgium. So, you know, I saw Andy Harper on our preview show on Channel 10 yesterday saying he thinks that Japan... And it might be a long way in the future yet, but he thinks Japan will be the first Asian nation to win the World Cup. And I think he's right. Uh, their football is so highly developed. Um, they invest a lot of money in it, of course. Um, they uh, sell a lot of players to good European leagues. Uh, you only have to look at uh, Liverpool. They've got uh, Minamino, who, who plays for them, not every week, but, you know, really good player. And there are, there are many more besides that play in the top leagues of Europe. So... You know, they're our benchmark. In this country, we, we always tend to look at Europe and go, well, we're not as good as the Premier League. We're not as good as the Bundesliga. Uh, and that's true. But, but Europe is a different level. Within our own backyards, relatively speaking, I'm talking about Asia here, mm. Japan are the barometer. And uh, we'll, we'll get a good idea as to just how good or otherwise the Socceroos are on Tuesday night. Mm. All right, well, you talk about Europe there um, um, and the strength of, of um, European leagues. The Nations League, we just had the Euros, didn't we, not long ago. My head's spinning a little bit, and, and you know, I'm not a football yeah. aficionado, but I, I try and be across it where, where I can. So we've got another competition going on. Um, what's happened there last night? Uh, a long-term long winning streak comes to an end. 
Yeah, I know what you mean, Chris. I'm exactly the same with cricket. It seems that they yes. finish one series and they're playing a triangular or a one-day series. I can't keep up with it all. Um, th- this is actually a, a pretty new tournament, so you're perfectly uh, understandable that you're not necessarily across it. The Nations League uh, came in just a couple of years ago basically to replace uh, meaningless friendlies. They decided mm. they would create this competition. And to be fair, it's worked reasonably well. It's gone down quite well with the public. Um, last night, we had the uh, first semi-finals in this year's uh, competition, which, again, has you know, been stymied by COVID in various places. And Italy went down 2-1 to Spain, which is the first time they've lost. Now, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I think it's 34 or 35 guys. It might be even more than that. Wow. So it's, it's a long, long unbeaten run. Of course, they, they won the Euros against England in the final uh, during the Northern Hemisphere summer. So... I guess all good runs have got to end at some point, but uh, they'll be disappointed that they've they've had to lose it in uh, in a semi final against the Spanish. Mm. Uh, English Premier League. I'm talking to Simon Hill, by the way. Uh, English Premier League side. Uh, Newcastle. Uh, they're set to be bought out, are they, by um, Saudi sovereign wealth fund? Yeah. Is that causing a, a bit of controversy um, back home in your old your old neck of the woods? Yeah. Look, I mean, it has done. Um, This is not the first time that the Saudis have tried to buy Newcastle. They tried a couple of years ago. And Mike Ashley, who's a very controversial figure who owns Newcastle United and has done for many, many years, was willing to sell. But the Premier League actually puts the kibosh on it, um, in in part because there was a row between the Saudis and Qatar. I mean, this is world football in a nutshell for you. Uh, The Saudis had banned BN Sports, which is a Qatari enterprise, uh, from broadcasting in Saudi, there's all sorts of shenanigans going on off the field. And the the Premier League decided that it, it wasn't uh, a good thing for Newcastle to be bought out by the Saudis. Um, I think there were probably some other concerns as well with human rights, which is you know completely understandable. But there are other clubs uh, in the UK who are owned by you know nation states, enterprises that uh, don't necessarily mm. uh, fit those rules either. Now, the, the row between the Saudis and, and the Qataris has abated in the last 48 hours. So it appears that this move is now back on. Now, it will help Newcastle because, of course, the Saudis will come in with uh, potloads of cash and they'll be hoping to invest that in you know, big-name players that will restore them to glory. But, um, mm. yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, I, I think the Newcastle fans, by and large, will be happy, but there will be a sizable minority that will be uncomfortable with it. And uh, probably you can say the same for the rest of the football community in England as well. Mm. Now, obviously, uh, not great news um, this week with the, with the women's game. Um, we'll steer clear of, of, of that with a bit of better news, though. And, and that's that the uh, uh, Matildas are going to be home, I believe, playing in front of, what, full stadiums again soon, we're hearing. Well, they've got a couple of friendlies against Brazil at uh, the end of the month, um, which is... Uh, terrific news. Obviously, they, they did so well in Tokyo. They came very close to getting a, a medal finish fourth at the Olympic Games. And this is the first time we'll have had the Matildas or, or indeed any of the national teams at home in quite some time. Now, uh, to be honest, in terms of the crowd numbers, I'm not 100% sure <clears throat> Excuse me, what the rules are with regards to full stadiums. I think there will be some spectators there. You probably have to be fully vaccinated to get in whether that's a limited crowd, whether it's only 5,000, 3,000, or whether it's 20,000, I honestly don't know. I mean, things seem to change on a daily basis at the moment, particularly when you've got a you know, new Premier in New South Wales and the games are slated to be in Sydney. So 
Um, the good news is, is that they're coming home and they're going to play a couple of games. And as you rightly point out, given what's gone on off the pitch over the last few days, mm. it'll be good for, uh, for our female players to be able to focus on the football on the pitch. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching them play and uh, you know, maybe uh, being at the stadium as well out mm. at um, Parramatta. Absolutely. And look, I say I steer clear of all that. I mean, I, I don't like to, to talk too much about things I don't know a lot about other than what I've been reading and allegations of, of harassment and, mm. and bullying and all that. And, and it's not right. It's not good. And, and um, look, I hope they do get no, to the bottom not. of it. And we, we draw a line under, underneath it because it, I, I don't think it's just uh, unique to, uh, to women's football. It's happened in other sports as well. So uh, I'll leave that to the, um, the governing bodies that be and, and just hope that due process is, is followed through. Well, Chris, you know, I totally agree with that. And I've said publicly that uh, once these allegations uh, surfaced, and obviously they've been pretty uh, well documented over the last 24, 48 hours, and I, I understand there might even be more to come tomorrow, uh, you know, the governing body is 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 duty-bound to look at this. I, I, I want them to, be, uh, to set up an independent investigation um, so that the, the players can be heard... Uh, clearly and with empathy, because it sounds as though, you know, a lot of these female players have gone through some pretty traumatic experiences, and we stress that there are allegations at the moment. Um, and once that, you know, proper and thorough investigation has, has been carried out, then it's up to the governing body uh, to take action. But the bottom line is this, whether you're uh, a man or a woman, a girl or a boy, you should be able to play sports in a safe and supportive environment, no matter what uh, sport you play. Well said. Thanks, mate. Always good to chat, Simon. I haven't spoken to you for a while. We will be listening to the global game, 8pm. That is back next week, so I look forward uh, to that. Um, And you've got a a very early start. What what time are you going to bunk down then? Uh, yeah, I might, I might have to go to bed in an hour or two, try and get some shut eye. <laughs> I never sleep too well with these early kickoffs. No, no. So if I don't, if I don't sleep tonight, I'll, I'll sleep tomorrow. Pick it up tomorrow. All right, champ. I appreciate it, Simon. <laughs> Good luck. We'll be listening in in the morning. Thanks, Chris. There is Simon Hill, and that was uh, brought to you by Sydney Trucks and Machinery, your one-stop shop. Visit stmc.com.au. And coming up to 14 minutes to uh, 10, uh, this is Higher Ground, your late-night uh, sports bar during the rugby league season. It's your late-night league lounge. How are you doing up in the back there? They've had their couple of vouchers, their drink vouchers. Those hot dogs were good too. It's uh, your beautiful girlfriend, so there uh, Soph made those uh, hot dogs and uh, little horsey ovaries. The horsey ovaries went down well. I'll be something mm. healthy. She will have made them healthy somehow. So tomorrow. Oh, we're not on tomorrow, are you? Are we? We're not on tomorrow. We are on. Uh, I'll tell you what we've got. Match day is no longer match day, but it's Sports Central. Um, Saturday, 12 till 4, and Sunday, 12 till 4. For the next couple of weeks, at least, uh, I'll be hosting that here. So we've got a lot to get through. Eight hours of radio over the weekend. I know. Beautiful. Live radio. How good. Just me. Well, you need some help. Oh, you'll be with me. And the listeners. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Hope so. Um, Q Cup final. We've got Super League grand final too of in the course. early hours on, of Sunday morning. Um, St. Helens and Catalan Dragons. Jimmy Maloney obviously over there with Catalan Dragons. Yeah. My God, he can find a grand final, can't he? Well, well, or does – it's not him finding grand finals. He's helping teams get to grand finals and, and win grand finals. So what I might do actually on, um, on Saturday, I might – if this crowd, they, they mightn't be here. Uh, you guys want to come in at the weekend because I need to bright, li- liven the place up a little bit. You good to come back? Hey, 
They do like it here. Yeah. We might do a little half an hour um, Super League Grand Final segment, I reckon. Lovely. Um, no looks. No looks. He's put a fair few things together and he's got some more people he's speaking to in the lead up to the Grand Final on Drive um, tomorrow. I think they're going to have a chat to uh, a couple of the media people. Actually, one of the French commentators. Is that right? For uh, being sport, the head commentator. I guess he's calling the game in, in Francais. Parlez-vous français? Uh, et toi? Petit. Et toi? Très petit. Oui. Ah, parlez parle anglais, oui? Ah, uh, oui. Uh, Sometimes. Très, uh, très on. Um, they, they, call, they can't call it rugby league there, you know? What? No, that's it. No, no, way back. Look into that. It's oh, a, not a bad story. No, it's a... Um, yeah, they're only allowed to call it like 13-man game or something like that. Right. Because rugby was... Yeah, anyway... It, it, I don't know. Fully. Have a look at Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'll never get those um, 60 seconds back, <laughs> will we? So, uh, might do a half hour show, I reckon, on Saturday, now, uh, previewing the Super League uh, Grand Final mm. and just use a lot of the stuff that um, the boys on Drive have, have, have done or are doing uh, tomorrow. Because Jimmy Maloney was on yesterday, I believe. He was. I haven't heard that, so we might replay that as well. We're also going to do a uh, a seg, probably a half-hour segment on Saturday show, uh, probably around about 3 o'clock on the big fight. Wilder Fury 3. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you heard any of the – so the, the history between these two. I mean, Tyson Fury – is just a born entertainer, whether you like your boxing or not, you know. Um, and this guy, so, so the first fight, when was that? Back in 2018. Yeah. You know, he had no right to get up off the floor. It was almost given, given a standing count, but he got up and it was, it was declared a draw, unanimous draw. Then the second fight would have been 18 months, no more than that, would have been Maybe eight on eighteen, nineteen months ago. I think eighteen 90, months, yeah, about right. Yeah, um, he absolutely just creamed him, towelled him up, just a master. He just belted him. Uh, Wilder didn't know what had hit him, mm. and so there's been all these allegations from Wilder that uh, that fight shouldn't stand because Tyson Fury had uh, tampered with his gloves, and he he's taken the Mickey saying, yeah, he had he had knuckle busters on knuckle dusters underneath the glove and all that. So there's there's quite a bit of hatred between these two. And keep my wilder had never been beaten. Mm. Never been beaten. Um, and Tyson Fury, who has been at the depths of depression, taken all sorts of drugs, um, has got mental health problems. He's dealing with them. And his way of dealing with the mental health problems is by being active and fighting and training. And that keeps him sane, not mm. physically, but mentally sane. But they spoke today, you know, as the build-up continues, to uh, the big fight in Vegas on Sunday. You know, they have they had the weigh-in. They have the official press conference. Normally, you have a stare-off or a face-off as well. Both fighters um, face off, and, and you, almost, you almost need to give them a toothbrush. I would have thought they get very close, don't they? I don't think I'd quite like that. But anyway, these two, like when Tyson Fury was exchanging barbs or, you know, throwing barbs at, at Fury today... Uh, at, at Wilder, rather, when Fury was... Wilder was just sitting there, would not look at him. Mm. Did not exchange a glance once, just looked down at his phone or his watch or his hands. I don't know what he was doing. But it's quite comical. Uh, we might hear a bit of today's press conference, shall we? I'm the only one that defended my title ten times. 
I don't need to defend titles. How many times have you defended? That's for like you. Dosses like you defend them. I don't need to. I've never had the team in years. I've come here representing WBC. you look up your history and you look up my history, which I advise everyone to do their homework. I dressed as me on a training day. You look up you and you look up me. I'm a nun in this sport, baby. You ain't nothing. I don't have to You will only ever be remembered for Robin Tyson Fury in Los Angeles. To make me feel the same type That's of your way. legacy. I don't Tactics. have to use that certain to things. Bits. I don't Finished. have to uh, manipulate my gloves. I don't you have do. to do those you do. things. You have to do so it all. Night, you have to do it all. So at night because when I look you into the mirror, and, and you're being trained by a loser, so that makes two losers. And you're going to get knocked out on Saturday night. No problem. I don't feel you because you're a lying little dosser. And if I don't gloves up in my life, that's the difference between to fight another day in my life. Doesn't matter I'm good. because your legacy's already finished. I'm good. All the excuses. How you've been can done. you say the same you've thing? You've been done. Finished. Can you've been you say the same thing? You've been beat. You've been so humiliated and you've been busted. And end off. End go. off. You end off. <laughs> end off. The Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Uh, Tim the Toolman sent a text in. Hope Tyson knocks him out. Uh, he's a great champion. He is a great champion. And it's just a really, really good story. I don't know if you're listening last night. We. Uh, we're talking to Mark Warren, who has, uh, yeah, yeah, it's my brother. He does a, a boxing podcast called, um, what's it called again? Rocked. You got that? I bit? don't have that. Oh, you've lost Sorry. a stick. Oh. Yeah. So we, I'm going to chat to him again on Saturday. Uh, we're going to talk all about the Fury mm-hmm. Wilder fight, um, all that's gone on, and also a heap of Aussie boxing as well. It does. Young Brock Jarvis is uh, fighting overseas for the first time in the States as well. Um, lots of boxing news around. So uh, we'll have probably a half an hour boxing show on Saturday. We'll have half an hour show devoted to the uh, Super League Grand Final, which is on Sunday morning as well. Um, we'll talk some racing too. We'll get some tips and some late mail, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, giddy bloody up. Giddy bloody up. Pull out the persuader and um, give yourself a little tickle up. Now, um, this one here, Chris, uh, an extra team is crazy stupid. There's just not another 21 NRL first graders going around. That's Steve from Padstow. Um, I hope you're well, Steve. Thanks for getting in touch. Well, that's the argument. Um, Are we spreading the talent too thin? Is it greed? He's asking Steve from Padstow. Is it greed? Well, it's got to stack up financially for the ARL Commission and the other 16 incumbent clubs. They didn't want their slice of the revenue pie being decreased or shrunk. Um, And basically what the ARL commission had to say to all the other clubs or show or demonstrate that by bringing another club in, the game benefits. Mm. So show me how it benefits. A is the language of love. It's got a benefit. And B, I guess, is the game has got to be able to grow and show increased participation mm. and not just in figures, in numbers, um, but also in regions. And uh, Peter Vlandis was quite upfront saying, um, and it was I've spoken about this before, he was taking a helicopter flight or, or a chartered plane flight and, and saw the number of AFL um, Aussie rules grounds, Aussie rules grounds um, across that part of uh, southeast Queensland. I don't know how the story goes, but outnumbering league fields in a rugby league hotbed. So they're on the charge, aren't they? The AFL in that region, right? So obviously this has got to be a strategic play as well to, well, stop those encroaching our our sort of area. Um, 
But is it a matter of them being greedy? Well, what they have done, they've gone out and they have actually got a new $75 million broadcast deal for the next broadcast deal with News Limited. So that $75 million basically covers the, the new franchise for five years because the franchise, like all other clubs, get $13 million a year. Um, so that works out at over five years, $65 million. So there's another $10 million coming in the kitty as well. So maybe it is being greedy, but I, I just uh, – yeah. there's two schools of thought. For me, I don't think we need it, but the game has you know, gone through all the due diligence and report after report. Now there's another committee being formed. It's got to stand up financially. Only time will tell if we have got the talent to spread around. That um, first T20 between Australian women and India, it's um, well, it's Gonski, hasn't it? It's still stopped. Pretty close. Uh, rain delaying play um, up there. So um, and the Indians were only midway through their midway through their innings, or 15 overs had gone of of the 20. So um, it looks like there'll probably be a a no result up there. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you across that though. If if anything changes uh, in the next hour, we'll certainly uh, bring that to you. We are asking um, about, um, you know, with the new franchise coming in in 2023, we believe it's going to be the Redcliffe Dolphins. Um, and the November 1 transfer, well, it's not a transfer deadline. It's it's from November 1. NRL players who are off contract at the end of next season. So players coming off contract at 2022, at the end of 2022, from November 1 of this year, they can start negotiating with new clubs, a la this new club coming in. So you could have a, a Parramatta player like Isaiah Papali'i, for example, who is coming off contract at the end of next season. He could decide in three or four weeks' time to have signed with the new franchise. And not just him, but many, many others as well. I'll go through a team shortly. Um, you've got a team as well, haven't yeah. you? Of uh, This is a potential team. I'm just looking through all the players who are off contract at the end of next season. They are all um, able to be targeted. And the team I've put together... Would pretty, they win the comp? Pretty bloody good. <laughs> I haven't applied a salary cap on it. But I haven't gone overboard. Okay. I'll, I'll go okay. through with you in a bit. I haven't gone overboard. Okay. I've got some youngsters in there that won't... Uh, chew up too much of the cap. Um, it might be a shade over the top. It might be Bondi cap. Um, we'll go through that in a moment. Before we do that, uh, around the grounds too, some other news about... Um, now, also with Rugby League, I see uh, an article written by Andrew Webster in the Sydney Morning Herald that the NRL will consider drug testing players in the off-season. And this comes in, in the wake of three Melbourne Storm players being caught in a room um, with white powder. I'm not saying it's drugs, but it's white powder. And obviously, Reese Walsh, um, a week ago or whatever, um, caught with cocaine on his uh, on his person and um, busted, caught red-handed. So the Melbourne players, and this is the you know this they're the laughing stock really because the club cannot say it is illicit drugs because the players have not been and cannot be tested for illicit drugs because they are out of season. Okay, and the players' story is we were too drunk to really know what that was. Yes, you come down last year or two? <laughs> so 
The NRL is considering drug testing players for illicit substances in the off-season as part of the next collective bargaining agreement, which would come into effect from 2023. So not next year, but 2023. If the Rugby League Players Association agrees to the unprecedented move, writes Andrew Webster, head office would step back or scale back the current sanctions under the current illicit drugs policy. So currently, with no out-of-season testing for NRL players, right, for illicit drugs, the current system is this. For a first strike, they are warned. You know, slap on the wrist. A second strike... They're banned for 12 matches. And for a third strike, they are deregistered. So what happened with Benny Barber? He must have got the 12-match ban. Was it? I thought it was 12 months. It must have been 12 matches. I think he did the 12 ma- matches, but he also got done for the domestic. That's when yes, he got done for the Yes, and was deregistered, saga. I believe. Yes. And went overseas. In the, in All the right. casino. All right, so keep an eye on that. So basically, here we go again. It's the old negotiations. Uh, the Players Association will do this. If you do that, you want to test our players during the months of October, November, December, probably January as well. Yeah. You want to be able to test them? All right, we'll agree to that. But you've got to uh, scale back these current sanctions, which we believe are excessive. If you're going to be testing us more, well, we're not going to hand you a stack of players who have been naughty. So we'll wait and see. Benji Marshall, um, he'd be a great fit, wouldn't he, going back to the Tigers? Mm. Every way I look at this, Lee Hadjabentalis um, from from the Tigers, the chairman, and, and Bryden's lawyers, every way, every way I look at this, it's got win all, all over it. Um, he played with the with the Tigers for so long, didn't he? he that, and that's his spiritual home, 257 games. And he wants to get into coaching. It just, to me, sounds like a really natural fit. If, of course, his full-time contract, full-time contract with Fox Sports would allow Mm. him time. And Cooper's going out to clubs. We know he's finding time at the moment. Double dipping, aren't they? Joey Johns is out consulting. Again, it's all the language of... Love. (laughs) The currency of love. It talks, doesn't it? You know what walks, don't you, Russian? You know what walks. Um, yeah, so oh, good luck to him. But I think I think it's got win, 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 win written all over it in whatever capacity they can, you know, use him in um, player development um, as an assistant coach, halves coach, corporate work, uh, grassroots. You could just yeah. have to have him. He could be as a whole department. <laughs> The you've Benji got, you've got commu- the Benji department. You have department. problems, you go to the Benji department. Uh, where's this envelope? Down there, that office on the right. It's Benji. Yeah. <laughs> we've got marketing, we've got um, finance, operations, development, and then Benji. <laughs> yes, which covers all yeah, of them, right? Good. Benji. Benji Marshall. What a player, huh? What a player. All right. Um, keep those texts coming through 0457 736 736. That is the text line. Do you want me to go through my hypothetical team please, for the Redcliffe Dolphins? Please. If it's the Redcliffe Dolphins. This is um, – so this would be for players coming off contract at the end of next season, right? So they are able to negotiate from November 1 this year. All right? Ready. Ready. At fullback, and I've gone for youth and experience – and I reckon this would fit in the salary cap. Mm. 
okay, because I've got a couple of big uh, big ticket items. Of it's a forward pack which is formidable. I, I declare that first, right? Okay, at fullback, and this young fella <clears throat> has already shown in the past couple of days that he he's okay with wearing new colours and different clubs jerseys. Blake Laurie, okay, so he's going to pull Dane. on. Uh, sorry. You said Blake uh, Dane, Dane Laurie. Thinking of Blake Taff. No, Dane Laurie. Okay, so here, thank you for picking me up on that. Um, Dane's going to pull on the Redcliffe Dolphins jersey. What colour are they, by? They're green, aren't they? Uh, no, no, they're no, not. red. Red. All right, naturally. Is their emblem a cliff? You've seen the emblem? It's a dolphin. Are you sure? But the dolphin's blue. Don't ask me. Dane Laurie, right? Fullback. Yeah? You're liking it already. Yep. The wingers. I've got experience and youth. One is the leading try scorer for the current season, Alex Johnston. Mm. Yes. The other is a youngster from Parramatta who I really like watching. He's going to go from strength to strength. Hayes Dunster. Mm. My centres, I thought Remus Smith improved leaps and bounds under Craig Bellamy this year at Melbourne. He's available. Remus Smith is going at right centre. Uh, no, left centre, I'll put him. And the other centre goes good to Joey Manu. Joey Manu from the Roosters. Now, he's going to take up a fair bit of the cap. My halves. I've gone for a match-controlling half, partnered with a running half, off-the-cuff half. Mm. Tell me what you think. Mitchell Pierce. it's a two-year deal. I still think he's got a lot of good football in him. An old, experienced, controlling half-head. Like an Adam Reynolds. Out of the centre of the city as well. Yes, yes. With Cody Walker. I think that would be a nice balance. It's a flashy. Okay. I like it. Here's the pack. And I'm I'm stealing pretty much from Parramatta and Melbourne. That's a good start. Well, what I've done, most of this is from teams that are having some success. Mm. With the exception of Dane Laurie. But he had Penrith jersey on, didn't he? So you get the drift. <laughs> he qualifies. My props, Jesse Bromwich and Junior Paulo. I've got – I'm not going for Brandon Smith. He's going to cost too much, and I don't think they'd let him go anyway. Mm. Reed Marnie, he's a Queenslander. I like it. So I'll probably get him for a little bit less than we had to for him to go back home to Queensland. Mm. My second row is you'll like these two. Felice Kafusi. On the right, mm. Isaiah Papali'i on the left. Now, I've got a bit of experience here and there's a bit of concussion problem concern. I'm only signing him to one year from Cronulla just to give us a bit of experience in year one to see how he goes with incentives in his contract to add on another year or two if, if it all goes good, and that's Wade Graham. Mm. And I'm going to convert him into a 13, a ball-playing 13. It That's... If he'd come through now, he probably would have been a 13 most of the way through his development, would you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 I don't see why he wouldn't stay where he is. He's great on the left edge and he's a great 5'8", and he can kick. And We've seen him play halves in origin. Yeah, I know. So, oh, I mean, he's a wonderful player, player and I just really hope for Wade and for you know, Cronulla fans too that we haven't seen – have we seen the best of him? Probably have. But I do still want to see a lot of good coming out of Wade Graham. And, and upstairs, I mean. Let's hope there's no problems there, all right? But there's a pretty damn good 13. That's not bad. And that could be 
could be a starting 13 for Redcliffe, if that's them, in 2023. You like yeah, I team? do, I, I do, and I, I better tell everyone this is a new segment, a whole new segment for Higher Ground. Um, and I think it's called The Russians Are Always Watching. That's it. A bit ominous. The Russians are always watching, and you're the Russian in this higher ground studio, and you're always watching. So I'm guessing, and we haven't really had much of a a production meeting about this segment, this is stuff that that we've missed. Stuff that we missed. Stuff that you've got. I've watched it, so you didn't have to. You can go and tell everyone you watched it. What have you got? Done all the homework. You've been watching some darts or something. We will get to darts. There's a, mm. I'm tipping that'll be here in this segment in a few weeks' time. But for is this that week, sport? Dart, absolutely, hundred mm. percent. If poker's sport, or poker's yeah. hot. <laughs> if darts is a sport, why is it not at the Olympics? That's a very good question. It's actually pushing to be in the Olympics. Darts. So there you go. Yeah. Well, if break dancing can be. In yeah. The are you allowed to have the, the the fags and the pints while you're at the Olympics? Oh, it's a very serious sport, Chris. That's for the, the crowd. smoky, boozy palladiums where they have darts. Well, but that's the crowd, and that's mm. the atmosphere you need to be no, set they, up in. One hundred and eighty. No, they're, they're they are sucking on a schooner or a, a pine as they throw. Oh, mate, it's way too professional for that. The crucible, or is that the crucible? Hang on, where's that's um, oh, crucible, not London. No, no, it's up around Sheffield, I think, or Nottingham. Up north. Yeah, but that's is that for darts or is that for the billiards, snooker? Oh, I don't yeah, know. Anyway, I think it is darts. Mm. Well, no, because the Alexandra Palace is the oh, home of darts righto. in London. Right. Why are we talking about darts? No, we're not talking about it's darts. It's almost we're 20 past 10, by the way. The Major League 18 ba- past 10. Major League Baseball playoffs kicked off yes. over the last couple yes. of days. Yes. Two, four of the most storied franchises in Major League Baseball. The Yankees playing the Red Sox. That's a rivalry to get into. Yankees gone. Yankees gone, which is terrific. Can't so uh, how Yankees. does that work? So it's just a one-off game, right? So Wild card this game. is a system they bought in a couple a of years, years ago. ago. Yep, yep, yep. So if you don't win your division, you go into the wild card game. The next, so they have two leagues, as they do in all American oh, sports. Two, two leagues. leagues. One's the National League. One's the National League. One's the American League. So the Yankees and the Red Sox are oh, in the American the League. Difference? They yeah. played the American League playoff. And so the Boston Red Sox have got the better of them. So they're through to play the Tampa Bay Rays in mm-hmm. the next, in the ALDS, the division series. Right. Keeping track. I'm then trying we, to. Then we had the National League version. So the, there is actually a difference between the two leagues as well. So, so did 10 go through from the National and 10 go through from the not American? From, not 10. No, five from five each. Five. Five from each. So then today, the St. Louis Cardinals, who mm-hmm. are the winningest Franchise if in that's the National a word. League, yes. Played the uh, the LA Dodgers, who actually had the second best record in the whole of baseball right. this season. But because they were in the same division uh-huh. as the team with the best record, the San Francisco Giants, yeah. they had to go through the wild card. Okay, and so they got up with a, a walk off home run, Chris. The last piece of action in the game today. Yeah, brought on a, a pinch hitter. Guy had been sitting on the bench the whole game, Chris Taylor. Came on, banged a two-run home run, game over. Boom. Everyone walks off. And Boom. the Dodgers knock out 
the Cardinals with one swing of the bat. Harsh. One swing of the bat. After a 162-game season, they play can you give one that, game. That bat, mm. can you swing it around my head for a minute and just, <laughs> just knock me off knock. <laughs> or out? So My head's spinning. You've just really confused me with all that. And the Dodgers go through to play the, the San Francisco Giants. I okay. beg, watch, watch. If you have it on and you're just flicking through TV channels, yeah. and you realise it's on in the middle of the day yeah. over the next few days, have a watch. Yeah. Especially if it's down 7th, 8th, ninth inning because it's just as tense as any. It's like watching the mm. last over of a one-day match where mm. a team's chasing 10 with yeah, yeah, a wicket yeah. in hand. It's absolutely superb. I don't mind I don't mind watching a bit of baseball. I still and like it's playing just it. I wanted to do it as a, when I was you know, a kid because I wanted to get the outfit. And it's just something. tight pants and the, you know, the... <laughs> Pull the socks up. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, the red sock, you know, great There was a baseball like oval the... just up the road from me, yeah. and I, re- I really wanted to play it. I never Thomas did. Diamond. I could have been a Thomas Diamond. No, well, with my name, what would I be? I'd be a, a rabbit shooter or a, whatever it is. Yeah. Rabbit swore. So there you go. Watch watch some Major League Baseball, and I think we may even have an American we are. correspondent with us on the weekend. We believe we have out. lined someone up to help us out. Are we going to speak to said um, American U.S. correspondent Saturday or Sunday we're doing that, aren't we? Sunday. It'll be Sunday. Yeah, it'll be Sunday because it'll be I'll tell you who, it's, who it is. We might as well yeah. reveal. reveal now. Ryan Rowland-Smith. Former Australian pitcher. Yep. Played for a long time with the Seattle Mariners. Yep, yep, yep. And his dad's a, a good mate of mine who right. um, was the head trainer at Parramatta through the Gibson years. Right. Uh, Rob Roland Smith. And his father was um, the sports minister. Is that right? For, news, for, for, for many, many years. Good stock. Yeah. He's given every opportunity. And yeah, he had a great yeah, career, yeah. Ryan, over there in the States, coming out of the bullpen. Pitcher. Little, yeah. He was a pitcher on the little bullpen carts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. You'd have to insure the elbow or the shoulder or the arm, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. The pitching arm. So Tommy John surgery, they talk about a lot with pitchers, is where they take they actually take a bit of tendon out of your hamstring mm-hmm. and retie it to reattach when the bit of ligament snaps, basically, Ooh, in your elbow. So that's a fun one. Yeah. And then you get the rotator cuffs. and Oh, yeah. There's oh, a lot well, of things can no, go my, my rotator cuffs are hanging off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, left well I can on. imagine the tackles. I need a recon on this made. one, but yeah. yeah. But I don't need it, do I? I just I can still swim. Unless you go and, well, that's the main thing. I can't throw a ball. Well, you don't need to with your left arm, do you? Unless you're, you're no, they're both busted. Oh, they're both busted. I can throw a I can throw a frisbee. Uh that's all still right. Throw yeah, a footy? I can throw uh, I can pass but not coaching. not well. Not well. Not as you used to. No. Not in the halcyon days. Um, left to right spiral, very difficult with the left rotator cuff, getting that top hand over the ball. It's problematic. There you go. It really is. Oh, dear. Jeez. Oh, if we'll play that violin music. Anyway, look, um, we're here until 11. Um, um, I hope you're still listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I know we talk a load of rubbish, but that's all right, isn't it? Um, that's what sport's about sometimes. We all like just to chew the fat. Um, we'll be here until... 11 o'clock, so keep listening to Higher Ground. Well, that just about does it for me. You know the drill, don't you, to our live uh, studio audience. You enjoyed yourselves up there, guys. I hope you have. You've been, yes, you've been 
uh, well behaved, well behaved too in the main. And it's always uh, you throw a couple of free drink vouchers in, and they always sort of uh, behave themselves. Just make sure you turn the lights out up there before you leave. I'll be back with you um, this weekend, 12 till 4 on Saturday and again on Sunday for Sports Central. Until then, take care. Keep smiling.